Alright everybody, hello and welcome to episode number three of Not Your Mother's Fitness John. I'm your host Ty, and I'm joined in a gym full of some of my closest gym bros. Yeah. How's everybody doing today? Fantastic. Fantastic. It's All been right. a great day. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Well, today we're joined on the podcast by none other than Marissa Samuels. Woo, his favorite gym lady. Gym lady. The first lady. The first, the first, the first lady. lady. Don't tell Rachel. Don't tell, yeah, don't tell Rachel. Oh, shit. <laughs> 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 cut that out, right? Yeah, cut that out. No, we should probably keep it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then after that, we got training women in general. We're just going to dive deep on some of the differences between men and women and their training as compared to men. And then after that, we got some of our meal prep strategies and some new quick nutritional advice. And then we're going to do a rapid fire Q&A. And then we're going to bring it home with our top sports movies of all time. All right. So go for it. So uh, just to start things off, we're gonna bring in one of my favorite people, one of my favorite clients of all time. She's an OG. Um, one of the first marketing tactics I used to get clients was to take my Facebook friend list, which was a grand total of about 1,200 people. I you know, know a lot of people. Big friend, <laughs> big friend guy. Uh, <laughs> Facebook message every single person I knew that was still in Philly and um, was like, hey, I. I set up shop in my apartment bedroom and I'm um, doing personal training now. Uh, are you interested? <laughs> and you know, like nobody answered except for about you know 0.2 percent of the people I messaged, and Marissa was one of them. So, um, yeah, that was about two years ago, three years ago. Valentine's so, Day. Yeah, three years ago. <laughs> 2017. Was three years ago. 2017. Yeah. 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 Insane to you? Yeah. Two years next month. It's our anniversary. Valentine's Day. Yeah, I remember. I'm not to tell this story, but um, we set up our initial appointment for uh, Valentine's Day, 2014, and uh, 2017. Sorry, 2017. (laughs) Yeah, I messaged him, and I I don't know what day of the week it was. I said, are you free this day? I'll come by. Must have been six, seven o'clock. And then a couple days later, I realized. Shit, it's Valentine's Day. He has a girlfriend. Are we allowed to curse on this? Yeah, you can curse. Cool. Yeah, so everyone. Fuck. Thank you, Jared. I immediately messaged him and I was like, I'm so sorry. Don't mean to take over your Valentine's Day. And I didn't know at the time Rachel was still up in Ithaca, right? Yeah, she was doing her fifth year of the occupational therapy program. So I was very available, very free. <laughs> Uh, just, just working, yeah. <laughs> just focusing on getting this thing started. So yeah, so I showed up. We uh, started our workout in the middle. Some Chinese food arrived, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Rachel my, uh, had sent him. My Valentine's Day gift uh, that that year was Chinese food. It was, it was delicious. Uh, he did not share it with me. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Didn't it's still our special day. No, it wasn't awkward. It's okay, all right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I sat down with him in the beginning. We kind of just talked about what goals were that we were trying to get out of this. Um, I'd explained to him that you know I never really trained in a gym before. I just started uh, cheerleading at Penn, and so we started lifting in their gym there, and I was kind of learning the ropes, but I felt like I was kind of missing that proper training, and I didn't really 
know what I was doing and so I was really hoping to gain that insight with Gian and I told him you know my number two things I guess was I just want to get strong and I want to do a pull-up and yeah I thought that was awesome because you know to this point in my uh, very short personal training career whatever like you're just being in the fitness industry I was constantly and we'll get into this later trying to explain to women that weight training is not going to make them bulky and she just comes in like guns blazing she's like I know I'm just trying to get strong. <laughs> you know, like I didn't have to have that talk with her at all, and that was like super refreshing from my perspective. Yeah, and then uh, what? A couple years later, here I am now yeah. training people, doing pull-ups, working out, and I'm not bulky. Really, <laughs> not I don't bulky. think I am. So, well, I'm right? yeah, so I mean, uh, just to go back to you know, the fact that you're a part-time coach now, uh, about I guess a year and a half into you um, working with me, um, one day I remember I. I like, you know, you, I looked kind of stressed out, or um, I looked like I had a little bit too much going on. You're like, hey, you know, if you ever need help, you know, I can, you know, I can step in and help you coach once in a while. And I just kind of like laughed at all. I was like, hey, you're your client. That doesn't make any sense, you know. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I think there was one weekend where I didn't have a choice. You know, I was, I was like, I gotta give her a shot. Like, like you and Jared got this. Like, like you guys, you guys step in. You you, you run the session, and um, uh, I remember just being like in awe about how well you did. I was just like, I was like, wow, you know, like, you know, maybe, maybe there's more to this training thing than just training. You know, maybe, it's, <laughs> maybe having people skills and just like brightening up a room with your smile is like, is, is, is half the battle. Like, like, if you can do that, I think people like spending an hour with you and, and uh, you can do this effectively with you know, a little bit of coaching. Yeah, and I think one of the great things was that, you know, as I mentioned, I kind of started my weightlift training with Gian. And so I really knew the program well. I knew what he expected of people. I knew what he was looking for. So it just made that transition a lot easier for me to be able to kind of express those wants that he was looking for into the clients that were coming in and how I was running sessions also. Yeah, I think, I think it really stems from uh, the whole time she was very interested in the why behind what we were doing. You know, she didn't just say, okay, give me the sets of reps. I'll do the work. You know, she was always interested in that. Why are you doing this? What's the reasoning behind this? Um, and she remembered stuff. You know, that's, that's important too. <laughs> like I wasn't just repeating myself every session. I mean, I know we, have, we have, everybody has clients that just kind of like it's like, is this fifty first dates every time? Every time you come in here, I have um, learned that <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> but Marissa remembered stuff, and uh, you know, she learned. Learning took place, and that that is again another very refreshing thing as a trainer is you know, having clients that um, take what you say seriously. They remember it. They take it to heart. They go home. They do their homework. Um, and they're crushing the rest of uh, you know the rest of the day, another twenty three hours, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that that meant well. Yeah. So that's actually a great start for what we're going to really get into today. So the main topic of today is training women in general. So what I kind of want to do is get into what we see are differences between men and women specifically, and then just kind of women clients and women athletes in general. Um, for me, I'll start with just saying, and I'm taking this all the way back to like high school. So I, I ran track in college and in high school. So typically with a track team, you work out in conjunction with the women's team, men's and women's practices around the same time. And the biggest thing I've noticed is that while women typically can't run as fast as men it, or you know, express the same power output as men can, 
they are able to recover much, much faster between bouts of activity from set to set, from workout to workout, from day to day, from week to week. And part of that has to do with just naturally having a higher aerobic threshold and being able to just handle a higher amount of volume and higher amount of workload. Part of that is because it's a less intense for them. And another, another reason that I've been kind of diving into is the hormonal stress is, is a little bit different when it comes to women as opposed to men. So men have been born with testosterone and that can kind of sort of wreak havoc on the body in terms of really stressing somebody out uh, and women have much less of that. So they're able to kind of flush those things out, flush those hormones out at a much faster rate than men are because men are kind of just walking around sort of stressed out. It's just kind of how we were built um, from an evolutionary standpoint. You gotta be ready to fight or flight, defend the tribe, defend the herd, whatever. Um, and we still carry those characteristics on throughout to this day. Like we, we still have the genetic, still have the same genetic imprint. Um, I don't know, from there, there's, there's tons of differences. Um, I mean, anything you guys have seen in, you know, specifically, um, please feel free to speak. Yeah, and I think, um, I'm sure Ty's tired of hearing me tell this story, but uh, the best example I find is, um, you know, Rachel and I did squat cover together about two years ago, and just the differences in recovery times was amazing to me, because, like, you know, yes, I'm lifting more weight, but we're still working at relatively the same intensities, relatively, like, you know, we're still working at 85% of our one rep max, together, you know, and, um, you know, in the apartment, we had to share the same barbells, so we had to constantly unload the bar, reload the bar, um, so Rachel would just get super pissed at me, because I was taking so damn long to finish the workout, you know, and I'm like, Rachel, I'm trying as far as I can, I, I don't recover as fast as you, like, right. physiologically, like, you are better at recovering um, from, from stuff like this, um, heavy, you know, heavy squatting, um, than I am. Um, yeah, I mean, I can add, when yeah. I did Squatober with you and Drew, <laughs> that would take us, what, three hours to do the workout? Yeah. And when I would go in by myself to do it, I'd be done in the hour. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just to clarify, me and Drew would be so sore that we'd be, like, warming up uh, for, like, 45 minutes. Marissa would show up, like, at the... At yeah, the, we had class. Like, I'd come yeah. in late and catch up. <laughs> yeah, she'd show up, like, an hour late to finish the workout before us. And we'd go, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I remember working... Uh, out in your apartment, and you literally had the darts board set up. I think it was purposely put there just so we could, you know, waste some time between sets to get that recovery period in. Because I'd be like, "Let's go, let's go, let's go." And yeah, yeah. Oftentimes, when you're working one on one with people, they want to just go, and then there's only so much you can talk about with one person over the course of a session. And when you know we're training for strength, and I want you to get three to five minutes of rest before you perform your next set. Um, and we start playing darts. That's when the parlor games are brought up. Yeah. Yeah. The shitting begins. This, this is funny. I would always beat everybody because they were obviously exhausted. <laughs> working out. You know, like I'm, I'm fresh. I'm just like, if I can control my, my arms still. You know? Right. And, and like, you know, Marissa's trying to throw darts with like noodle arms. Hitting <laughs> <laughs> the wall and stuff. Yeah, it's sad to begin with. So. <laughs> I can't feel anything. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, just. Switching over to that trainer side, I have seen that, you know, between men and women, um, the difference in the recovery time, the difference in how quickly you're getting through the sets and everything definitely is noticeable. I think women are just tougher in general. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are for sure. I feel for sure. <laughs> yes. I feel like so. You know, they don't they, they don't bitch. They just do the work and shut up. Yeah. And then men are just talking. Just bitching the entire time. And, you know, I know me and Tyre included. If you watch us work out together, we're just talking about how much we're doing uh, sucks. Yep. Yeah. How much we're doing. Yeah, we're like, like how much we hate ourselves for making yeah. ourselves do this. Like we made our program. <laughs> we can change it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. We have no way to blame but ourselves, yeah. but we're still going to bitch about what we wrote. <laughs> Why would I put Bulgarian split squats for a five-second tempo? <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Whereas Marissa will just do it. Like, yeah, that's what's on the board, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's getting done. <laughs> but, I mean, like, so something else that I found, which I th- think is really interesting, um, kind of going along with the hormonal profile thing, but neurologically, you know, I said men can typically have a higher power output. That has to do with like the neurological profile. So they have more type two muscle fibers than women do. So that kind of allows them to display that power. And it's a lot more taxing on the human body than, than women who are more type one dominant typically. Um, now again, there's always outliers to these things. There's never, it's never just that cut and dry. I wish it was. The difference? Yeah, so um, so you have multiple different um, muscle fiber types, right? So type one, type 1 is more of your aerobic threshold, more of your, your slow twitch muscle fiber. So that's like you'll find those in your um, fine motor skills. So in your eyes, in your hands, in your toes, things that have to be working, your back musculatures, all your posture muscles, those are all made up of the, as everyone sits straight up. <laughs> um, so that... Those types of um, musculatures are made up of those types of neurons because they have to work for a long period of time, but at a very low intensity. Then you have type two and then type two X, and then there's it can we can get really in the weeds on it if we want to, but then there's there's kind of like a hybrid, which is like half type type one, half type two, and then you have you know you're just straight type two, which is your you know your max effort bench press, your 100 meter sprint, your all that kind of stuff. So, and those really, and they're really big too. They cover a really large muscle mass. They all fire at once, and they, <clears throat> that's your horsepower. So here's a nice so. Um, application about like how women are just you know, different, um, and specifically in the upper, upper body, I've noticed like a little bit more yep. slow twitch. Um, if you've ever, I mean, this goes out to more personal trainers or any woman that's really ever dumbbell bench press. Um, You'll notice like you might be able to hit 15s on dumbbell bench press for 15 20 reps and then we throw 20s in your hands mm-hmm. and it looks like you never bench press before, yeah. right like, yeah. like i remember i think i did that to marissa back in the day i was like okay we're going to go from 20s to 25s yeah, it's like, you, 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 you nailed it for like 12 you know like and then we moved to 25s and you looked like you've never did it before yeah. what the hell happened you're like that's that's what happened yeah <laughs> you see it with a lot of yeah. people that come in especially the women I always tell them, I'm like, okay, like we're gonna try these 25s, but this is the hardest jump. I don't know why, but yeah. my experience from what I've seen, it's just the hardest 20, jump. Yeah, <laughs> the jump. yeah, yeah. And it, that's how it works. A lot of women struggle with that. They can't make those big, those big 20, 30 pound jumps like men can typically. Right. Um, something I've also found just from hands-on experiences, if I give somebody a heavy set dumbbell, say use your bench press example, so dumbbell bench press. And I lower that, they lower it on their own, and then I help them up. The next set, they might be able to do it on their own. Yeah. So sometimes it takes a little bit longer for their 
like their musculature to recruit those motor units okay. to exploit. You know? And um, now that you said that, I've actually seen that happen with pull-ups. Yeah. Right? So we'll teach yep. somebody how to do a negative, and it could have been a, you know, a woman that was strong enough to do a pull-up all along. She just didn't know how to get those muscles to fire. So we show them how to do a negative, and just, you know, if you don't know what a negative is, it's just you, you jump to the bar, get the, get the bar, like get your chin above the bar and slowly lower yourself as, 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 uh, as slow as you can. And um, just teaching them to do that. Um, I've seen people do that for one set and the very next set, like I think this happened with Lily, she, she just like, you know, she was like, okay, I'm gonna try it. And she, she got pulled, like, I think she got two the first time. Like, yeah. She did a negative and then she got two pulls. So it's the weirdest jump yep. I've ever seen, but clearly she learned how to do, how to, you know, how to do the, the pattern. Right? Yep. And that strategy works for men too, but I really see it with women. Absolutely. Where it's like, they almost become a, a new person. Where it's like, you kind of just make them go slowly through that movement. It kind of just gives their body the permission to be like, all right, I can do this. Like, yeah, to become and, more aware of those yeah. movements and be able to activate them. And then, Marissa, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but like when you've done, like I've experienced with women in upper body exercises, they are much more hesitant to do certain things. They're, they're a little bit more nervous about the upper body exercises where men are kind of the opposite. Men love doing, typically, love doing the upper body stuff, but not so much the lower body stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so like implementing those strategies where you know your population's gonna have a hard time in those certain areas. It's almost like a mental block, right? Like, oh, I can't, I don't know how I really feel about that. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, I well, also think it plays in women you know, when they say they don't want to become bulky or buff looking, yep. a lot of it is that broad shoulder, like big arms type of like that women are trying to avoid. Let's get into that. Let's yeah. get into Let's that. Do Let's, it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, I mean, um, I guess we should start with um, you're not going to get bulky. <laughs> no, um, you will not. Yeah, we'll start there. Um, <laughs> got really so, close to my mic. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, again, I, I touched on this a little bit earlier. That's usually like this, the conversation I have with women in the consultation. When they go to a gym like this, we got a big muscle on a G with a barbell. It's like, I don't want to get bulky. And I'm like, okay, don't worry, you won't. <laughs> um, and uh, I really start off that conversation with, um, well, you, you would like to look toned and shapely, right? Like that's what you're going for. And you know, usually we'll go over their goals first and you know, I'll, I'll usually read them back to them and be like, you know, okay, so it's, you, know, you want to look shapely and toned and you want to be more defined. Um, what do you think gives you that shape? You know, like, like it's, it's not your bone structure, it's not your body fat, it's, it's your muscle. So like, you know, we gotta, we gotta build those. And the best way to build those is to get strong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so like, in a way, I understand the concern, but it, it is a little frustrating for me because people constantly look for that outside affirmation, right? They look at these magazines, they look at Instagram, they look at whoever, and they're like, oh, I never want to look like that. It's like, okay, well, you're also not taking 500 milligrams of testosterone. You're not, you know, taking God knows what else. You're not working out six days a week, twice a day. You're like, you're not competing in bodybuilding. You're not, you're not even a physique competitor. You're just a regular person. That's not gonna happen to you. Like, it's, that's the hardest thing for me to, like kind of get through people's minds, but. I always yeah. give the example of, uh, people used to say about Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, oh, I would never want to look like him. He's, he's ridiculous. 
and and like he used to respond to those people like, "Don't worry, you won't." <laughs> like, and and it's, it's true because like, do you know how hard it is to get there? Yeah. Like, like um, uh, I think Jim Steele, the old tennis strength coach, used to say, um, "Fearing strength training because you might look like a bodybuilder is like never getting your license because you don't want to become a NASCAR driver." Like yeah. you are literally a <laughs> professional at what you're doing, and to look like him or to look bulky. You have you have to have succeeded to a certain extent. Like it is very hard, especially as a woman, well, as a woman, because you don't produce testosterone like men do. Right. Um, and then you know the other conversation I typically have uh, with women on the first day is like, look, if you you know look at somebody and say they're bulky, it's got nothing to do with their muscle. It's you know it might have something to do with their genetic makeup. Maybe like you're short like me and the muscle's got nowhere else to go. <laughs> I look a little bit more square than somebody who's six five. Um, I get that, but. Typically, like somebody you refer to as bulky, it's got to do more with their body fat. They have a higher level of body fat than a person that you see as, you know, lean, uh, toned, defined, whatever, jacked, whatever word you want to use. Um, yeah. And then to hit it from the other angle, so they, so you'll see people that again they're comparing themselves to outside sources and they're leaning like, okay, I want to look like that girl, and. I'm like, okay, you have to understand that she spent years getting ready for this photo shoot. She's at 15%, 12, 13, 14% body fat, which isn't a healthy range, by the way. You cannot stay in that low body fat percentage for that long period of time because that's where dehydration comes into play. Like, they have to look good for that one snapshot, which takes all of, what, 0.1 second? Like, you need to be you know, proper lighting, all that kind of stuff. All these things, it's a whole production. It's not just like people wake up one day in the afternoon in the gym and they look like that. That's just not how it works. And that's the conversation, that's the battle, like personal trainers and strength coaches constantly have to have because, I mean, that's the world we live in now. Like social media is king. And the most important thing I can tell people is that, listen, it's, one, it's not gonna happen, and you can manipulate your body structure however you want if you do the right things. If, you, like, if you're getting to sleep on time, if you're eating the proper meals, if you're not overeating, if you're not undereating, if you're adding cardio to whatever you're doing, depending on your goals. Like, there's a million and one factors that you have to have in place before you can even think about touching that level of as fitness. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that that person you're looking at on Instagram, they probably took all those pictures on the same day. Yeah. They put on like 30 different outfits mm -hmm. and now they're just posting them throughout the year. Mm -hmm. That person does not look like that year round. Um, you know, I don't know what you're talking about necessarily, but you know, you said 12 to 14 percent. That's not really sustainable year round. Um, right. Anybody who is probably has a, somewhat of a genetic advantage or, you know, you know there's, def there's people who do it. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I don't I wouldn't recommend that to a client. I don't think that's a healthy body fat, body fat to just sit at. If you really want to get into it, like more so than like and see like the visuals and stuff, there's some really good stuff on Netflix. Uh, Generation Iron has, I think, three specials on Netflix that get into like bodybuilding. They go into women's bodybuilding, um, and there's quite a few. If you look in, I can't remember the names off the top of my head, but um, there's quite a few documentaries in that line. So I'm sure if you like. You know how Netflix does, oh, if you like this, you go like this. Um, they will pop up, and there's actually a physique one where there's a guy that he's one of the fittest guys 
on Earth. He's won um, Mr. Olympia the physique competition multiple times, and he'll have to sit at 4% body fat for extended periods of time, and he feels like garbage all the time because he's so dehydrated and like to the point where I believe in the documentary he does go to the hospital because of chronic dehydration. So it's a, so please understand that it's while that's a great if you want to look like that that's a great goal to have but it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable and it's not even necessarily realistic. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of bodybuilding is turned into it's not even like so like if you go to a fitness expo these days it's not even about health anymore. It's about looking a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a difference between like looking like that way, looking like super muscular, looking very lean to like to the extent that it's unhealthy and actual health and wellness. Like, <laughs> like we usually we usually coach our people to you know focus on performance. Like, how do you feel on a daily basis? Um, yeah, it's a holistic approach. But yeah, uh, if you feel like shit but you look great, I don't really care. Yeah. I mean, like I don't, I don't want you to be able to perform at a high level. Um, if you're gonna be able to do your job better, you're gonna be a better parent. You know, you're gonna be a better friend. Uh, you're gonna be able to over. You're gonna contribute to society a little bit more than if you're just like jacked and feel like shit all the time and are angry because you can't eat for another four hour or hour or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're looking at the whole the whole person here. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know anything else you want to talk, cover on the topic of women and strength training. I would say uh, just in-season strength training, very important for uh, female athletes because they, um, they're they not able to like, hold on to as much muscle mass as, uh, as, as male high school athletes. So, you know, the risk of injury, um, them getting deconditioned, uh, losing their, you know, gains that they work for all off-season over the course of the season is much higher. There's a much greater risk for that, as well as, um, I forget what the stat is. I think it's like seventy percent more likely. Women are seven, or high school females are seventy percent more likely to uh, tear their ACL than men. Just hey, I did that. <laughs> yeah, mercy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you tore your ACL. Tore my ACL, MCL, and meniscus. <laughs> oh, you did the triad. Nice. Go bigger, go home, right? Yeah. So I mean, I would just say, um, uh, just because women have uh, childbearing hips. <laughs> It's called a it's called a Q Q angle. Um, it's basically the angle from your hip down to down to your knee, and what that does is it causes almost like your knees to collapse naturally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just because you're walking around playing sports with that kind of angle to your femur, which is that upper bone in your leg, um, you're just more susceptible to knee collapse and there being an, an incidence of an ACL tear. So in season training for women, it's important for everybody, but it's even more important for females. Um, I can't stress that enough. Yeah, yeah. And just keep in mind that, that that Q angle affects things like plyometrics and jump training just because they are more prone. Yeah. So you gotta do a lot. You gotta do a lot of hip stabilizing exercises, a lot of stuff that's gonna protect that knee. You gotta work the VMO, which is, you know, the big, it's called the teardrop of the quad. Um, and you really gotta train your hamstrings. Um, with women, the cool thing about um, training women specifically, you know, we mentioned it earlier, they can handle volume. So training, training the ham- hamstrings at high volume frequently is usually pretty, pretty helpful in terms of, you know, 
keeping people healthy and everything like that. So strength coaches, personal trainers, your number one job is to keep your client or your athletes or whoever, whatever setting you're working with, keep them safe and try to keep them as injury free as possible. So um, that kind of goes into your programming and just keep that in mind when, when you're programming for female athletes specifically. Yeah, something I really consider with them is you know, teaching them how to land. Yep. Because you'll see, because of that cue angle, you'll see the knees collapse when they're landing from a jump. Absorb force um, before you. Yeah, you got to be able to like, display force. Say, you got to be able to absorb force before the display force. Um, also, teaching them to decelerate. You know, a lot of a lot of hamstring pulls will happen because you can't decelerate yeah. efficiently. Uh, so just teaching them to slow down, break down mechanics. Uh, we have a really small gym, we only have about 10 yards of turf here, so we kind of have to force that into the program, and I think it's great, honestly. Like, I, like you have to be sorry, otherwise you're running out in the fourth street. Or you're long. smashing <laughs> that wall. Yeah. Smashing through the firearm. So, but, yeah, and, but to wrap it all up kind of on this topic, for, for me, while, yes, there are differences between men and women, we are still homo sapiens, so... We are still humans. Um, yes, there are certain things that you need to consider. There are certain things you need to keep in mind. But don't overthink it. It's not that big of a deal that, that they can handle it. Um, probably more so than men can. <laughs> so just just understand they're not frail. They're not fragile. Like, oh, women aren't going to break. I promise you. Um, I've broken more men in the weight room than I have <laughs> women. I can guarantee that. So just keep that in mind if you're programming for anybody or training yourself, like you can handle a lot more than you probably can. I think, um, you know, to, to, like the bottom line is men and women can train the same way. We can do the same things. Um, the only really uh, place that it might differ is in, you know, just their goals and, um, you know, what days of the week they're, they're, they're coming here. Um, a lot of the guys, like if you're coming three days a week, I'll typically tell a guy to come to upper body focus main lifts and then one lower and then they'll do the reverse for a woman because they're typically more concerned with like their glutes, their hamstrings, their quads. And that's just more, you know, that's just, you know, men are more into their upper body, women are more into their lower bodies. And that's really about it as far as how to change the program. Like if they came in on the same day, they'd still be doing the same thing. Right. Um, yeah. All right, well, let's put a ball on that one, yeah. So from there, oh the big oh oh you want yeah sorry my fault my fault all right this is gonna get cool
not going to go as heavy, go for your one rep max that day. Um, but to keep in mind that it shouldn't stop you from working out, it shouldn't be an excuse. Um, and again, I know women can experience it very differently, and so it's very personal, depends on that. But from your female token personal trainer here, get in the gym. <laughs> Do you have any advice for men dealing with women? <laughs> <laughs> this could be really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away and shut up. There you go. Yeah, that's how. Uh, <laughs> there we go. That's how. That's how I do it with Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't talk. Unseen and unheard. It's like a famous quote from Wedding Crashers: "You shut your mouth when you're talking." <laughs> So I've been getting a lot of questions on like nutrition just in general, and something I think that could be pretty helpful for people to hear would be our personal strategies on nutrition and how those strategies change depending on what our goals are. So um, if any of you want to just kind of highlight what your day, typical day-to-day -day eating schedule might look like and what you're personally doing right now if you're trying to Maintain what Watch Gian's Instagram story. <laughs> he documents every meal. <laughs> At Real G Strength um, on Instagram and all other platforms. Shane's play. But, yeah. All right, so um, right now I am uh, coming off of a pretty wild vacation in Nashville. I have a barbecue pretty much every meal of the day. I was eating you know, biscuits and fried chicken for breakfast and then barbecue for lunch and dinner. Hell yeah, bro. And I was drinking pretty heavily every night. I put on a lot of weight. I got pretty, pretty hefty after that trip. So, uh, <laughs> I'm blessed to go on another vacation in about a month after this one. So, it's actually a week from today. But um, I've been spending the last 30 days trying to you know, cut some body fat, get myself you know, back, to, back together. Um, feel good again. <laughs> Everything was definitely, all my joints were definitely inflamed after that trip. Um, so just getting back in the routine, uh, eating vegetables again. <laughs> um, yeah, just getting good sources of protein. So typically my day will start off around 4 or 5 a.m. depending on how, you know, whether 5 a.m. happens or not. Um, I'll wake up, I'll get in the shower, and then I'll have a um, protein shake. My first uh, meal of the day is typically a peanut butter and jelly protein shake. It's got about a uh, cup, cup of almond milk, 28 grams of, uh, of protein, one scoop of protein. Uh, we'll do two tablespoons of jelly, two table, and it's usually like a, a strawberry jam, not, not, not just like your regular schmuckers. Or, or <laughs> 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 yeah, none of that shit. None of that fake jelly. None of that fake jelly. Melted down horse shit. <laughs> That's good. It's about so it'll be about two tablespoons of jam, uh, two tablespoons of uh, peanut butter, and I'll throw like five ice cubes um, and half a banana. And I'm gonna blend that up. It's delicious. Try that at home. It's what flavor food. protein? Uh, cookies and cream. Mm. And that's just because... Is that mm -hmm. peanut butter and jam? Well, yeah, it's actually, it's amazing. It has a nice bowl. Like, <laughs> I mean, that would be, this would be good, but like vanilla too. Like, don't feel like that. The cookies and cream is not the end all be all with this recipe. It's, you know, it's more than the cookies and cream. So you can try, <laughs> you can try vanilla, it'll be fine. Um, so typically, about three hours later, I'll have my uh, 
I'll be in the middle of the session, I'll be training somebody, so I can't really have a meal, I'll be at like a protein bar. Um, for most of my protein bars, I'll be having like a clip builder bar, or Aldi makes a pretty good uh, elevation bar. Uh, I'm just looking for something that has about 20 grams of protein, 30 grams of carbs, around 10 grams of fat. Um, if, if you stay in that ballpark, that's you know, it's a pretty good split in my mind. Um, for lunch, right now I'm eating a, it's, it's called a whole, a whole dinner salad. And it's got um, about four ounces of chicken in it. It's got uh, some quinoa, I think it's about a quarter cup of quinoa. Um, and it's just got a bunch of chopped up peppers, cucumbers. There's another thing in there. I think it's like kale or something. I don't know, Rachel makes all my food. And then about two tablespoons of goat cheese. It's really good, it's delicious, right? Highly recommend that one too. And then uh, my last meal of the day, my fourth meal of the day, is it changes pretty often, but my favorite these days has been the tacos. So it'll be uh, either low carb or corn tortillas. Uh, I'll have some sort of meat. Uh, right now we're eating pork from uh, about four ounces distributed over those three tortillas. Um, and I'll have two tablespoons of cheese for a letter, and I'll put whatever salsa or hot sauce I want on there. Salsa con queso. And my primary goal right now, um, I'm in a caloric deficit. I'm trying to lose body fat. Um, but I'm also trying to have you know, pretty sustainable energy throughout the day. So I'm spacing my meals out so that I can you know, get that energy from food, um, efficiently run a business, have good workouts, um, and just be on for people all day long. I don't want to have any dead spots in my day. Um, as far as caffeine, I'm having two cups of coffee in the morning, and then I'll have pre-workout before I train. Um, but yeah, I think that that's that's always been my approach to uh, to to, to uh, nutrition. Like I've always been the chubby kid, uh, so I had to learn very early on how to lose weight. And um, you know, after years of kind of toying with it, you know, I turned it into a career, and, <laughs> and now I teach other people how to do it. Um, gaining weight's never been an issue for me. <laughs> I can flip it over to Ty and talk more about putting on LBs. Putting on LBs. <laughs> <clears throat> Trying to get huge. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm actually pretty similar to you right now as it stands. I'm not necessarily trying to lose weight, but I am trying to, like, slim down. So recomp is what it's called. So, well, my current body composition, we actually measured my body fat what was it this past week? Um, wasn't too happy with the number that came out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, this has gone off the rails. Um, Breaking news, everybody. <laughs> I'm fat. <laughs> I am a piece of shit. You should not listen to it's anything funny. I say. So, uh, for me, I compete in the 105 kilogram uh, weight division for powerlifting. So that's about 231 pounds. There's also a 220 class, which I also compete in. So, and I'm, this is probably a topic for another podcast, but when like competing wise, I don't like to drop too high or drop too low or drop too, or go too high, I should say, um, with my body fat or my weight in general. How so, tall are you? How tall am I? I'm almost six two, six one and a half. Sheesh. <laughs> yeah. Throw that, throw that half in there. <laughs> cold, sometimes <laughs> cold and lonely. <laughs> I'm cold. <laughs> so, um, 
But yeah, I mean, well, I, I was kind of the opposite of Gian growing up. I was always the skinny kid. I could never really put on weight. I had a really hard time doing that. Um, got into the point where I'd eat an entire pound of bacon in one day and nothing would change. Uh, it was pretty incredible. Um, and it's not healthy, so don't go home and do, do that. I highly don't recommend that. So, I mean, for me, in terms of my strategy and stuff, throughout the day. I hate counting calories. I hate counting carbs. I hate counting like macronutrients in general. So all I really do is if I'm trying to recomp or if I'm trying to lose some weight, I go into caloric deficit. So I lose some, lose some calories and then I control with protein. So whatever calories I'm losing from carbs or even fat, I supplement that with protein. So I add, you know, more chicken to my dinner or more, you know, lean red meats to my dinner extra protein shake before bed, something like that, where it's, it keeps you full. Um, it gives you that feeling of satiety where you don't feel like you have to eat and you're not going to wake up in the morning, like absolutely starving. Um, and then I'll put my carbs or my heavy, heavy meals in general before and after when I train. So that way what I take in is immediately being utilized by my body rather than just kind of okay, I'm just eating and it's just going to sit there. Um, you want to make sure that the stuff that you're putting in your body, your body is actually utilizing. Um, you know, there's, we all heard empty calories and stuff like that. Yeah. You kind of want to eliminate those as much as possible. Um, another thing I'm not a huge fan of is um, canola oil, vegetable oils, um, stuff that unfortunately a lot of restaurants cook with. I'm not a huge fan of those just because they're so high, high in omega-6s as opposed to omega-3s that they can mess with your LDL or your high-density lipoproteins or um, low-density lipoproteins and cholesterol. They, they can really um, screw with you in that way. So I try to limit those. I'm not really a huge person that like demonizes certain foods or certain macronutrients or anything like that. And then another big factor, if you're trying to lose weight, you really got to not drink as much. You really can't drink yeah, as much exactly. alcohol. You can't go to the birds game and just pound eighty-seven white claws. Oh, yeah. but it's low calorie. <laughs> it's, it's a great beverage. <laughs> yeah, I usually just tell people, you know, like alcohol is going to make everything work less efficiently. Yeah, it's just a bad idea, regardless of what your goals are. Um, that's, I mean, but there's something to be said for having fun. I don't I mean, We all drink, right? Like I'm not going to sit here and act like you're two shoes. Mm -hmm. But it's controlled. It's usually once a week. But yeah, I mean, and then my last thing, really, a crock pot's your best friend. Uh, if you're not, I'm not a big cooker. Um, I don't like spending seven hours in the kitchen trying to cook. Um, so if I can do something in the crock pot, leave, run some errands, do laundry, do multiple things at the same time, I'm, I'm going to try to do that. So crock pot's going to be your best friend. You can cook multiple meals at once, and you know you have it for a long time so meal planning is going to be going to be huge whether you're trying to gain or lose weight or maintain it's, it doesn't really matter that's kind of something that's has to stay steady throughout the entire process and i know it gets difficult sometimes it gets tedious but it's just something that you kind of have to do and then once you reach your goal sit there for a little while maintain that goal and then then you can kind of move on and get lax on certain things um kind of like live your life but Done. And I think it's important what Gina said earlier is to realize that like you are allowed to have some fun and to take that into consideration and not just get so 
anal about everything, you know, to have fun at the same time. I'll also like take them into account and be like, okay, I'm gonna go out Saturday and I wanna make sure, you know, leading up to that, I'm kind of being more healthy, sticking to my plan. Um, I can still, you know, go out with my friends, have a drink, Burger fry, yeah, there's something. I mean, stress management is still a very important part of um, you know fat loss. Um, if you're super stressed out all the time, you're not gonna you're gonna be able to put on muscle. You're also not gonna be able to lose fat as efficiently. Um, and I just think you know taking a break, being able to you know check out for a little bit, hang out with friends, laugh, uh, be careless for a little bit is very important as far as just. I've had some of my best performances in the gym after like months of not drinking and then like going out having fun with people and then two days later I'm back in the gym and I have boom boom like I'm like, I'm like I'll hit a PR I'm like what this is not supposed to happen with baseball so like my best baseball game ever um, I was on over court <laughs> I went I, it was like my senior year of high school and. Doubleheader against Perky Owen. Oh, Jared was there. Yeah, Jared was on third. <laughs> was on third base. <laughs> so, oh, so, yeah. he hit me home? He hit me home. Nice. Yeah, I'll get there. I, was, I show up to the game. I, I like, got benched my senior year, and um, I was like, there's no one from the So I go out with my buddy, um, Doc. <laughs> it, we went out somewhere uh, the night before. It, it was awesome. Had a great night. Show up the next day, and I'm over. I'm like, right, good thing I'm not playing. I'll take some infield, outfield. Check it in, yeah, for the day. That's it. Look at the lineup. I hit the seventh that day. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but little did I know, it's gonna be the best game of my life. Get up my second at bat. I hit like a fucking. What was it? Was it? Was it a grand slam or was it a three run home run? I think it was a three run home run. Yeah, it was a three run home run. Was Bob though? They have a big fence. <laughs> and we were being on third, and I was like, "Fucking go!" <laughs> yeah, I, I actually sprinted all the way to second base because I thought I hit a line drop, but it just, just kept going. And I, was, and I heard everybody start laughing when I'm States, uh, coming from a family with a lot of people that are overweight, uh, you know, I look at these older people, not, you know, nothing against my family or anything, but I look at them and I say, I don't want to look like this or be like this when I'm their age. Uh, you know, we always talk about like live to live another day. It's kind of like eat to live another day, right? Um, you know, it's fine to go out and have cheese steaks or, you know, eat like crap and go out and drink. Uh, but, you know, same with everything in life. It's all about moderation. Um, so you got to find what works for you. Uh, you know, if your goal is just to be healthier, slim down a little bit, look better in a bathing suit, 
you know, maybe you don't need to put everything you eat on a scale. You know, maybe you don't have to worry exactly about if you're hitting your macros to a T, maybe you just need to worry about eating more whole foods. Maybe you're not eating out as much. Uh, if you're on the go, I'm on the go a lot. I leave my house at 6 a.m. and most, you know, most days during the week I don't get home until 10 p.m. Um, so I don't really have the option to, you know, go to the fridge and take something out of the fridge and, you know, eat it or cook myself a meal. So you have to, you have to take the time. Like if you want these things, you just have to take the time beforehand. And, uh, you know, maybe you're bringing a bunch of Tupperware with you or maybe you're finding um, some places by your work uh, where you can get a healthier meal. You know, when I first started working right out of college, <laughs> we talked about going out once a week. I was going out like four times a week. Um, drinking, having fun with my friends, you know, you get that new paycheck and you're like, oh man, everything's the same as college, you know, you know, Thursday, Thursdays, Tuesday, tower days, Friday night, yeah, Saturday night, <laughs> we're just having fun, baby, we're getting started. <laughs> um, and then you start working and you got to wake up at 5.30 a.m. and you got to, you know, start doing that grind and it starts to wear on you. Um, you know, so during those days, maybe I was going to Chick-fil-A every day for lunch because I was like, I got the money, I love Chick-fil-A. <laughs> You know, and then you start, you're sitting at a desk, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can, uh, can relate to, you know, if you have a desk job, you're sitting all day, maybe your whole life, like Ty said, when I was younger, I couldn't, you couldn't throw, uh, you know, a piece of, not only say fat, but I couldn't gain weight. Uh, I was so excited. I think my senior year, I hit 185 pounds and I was like, holy shit, you know, I didn't think I would ever be this heavy in my entire life. Cause up to that time it was like, I thought it was impossible if I was eating, you know. I was eating. If anyone knows my dad, shout out, <laughs> Big Mike, Mustache Mike. But uh, he he cooks enough for like you know he's doing a catering job every dinner. You know, I, I, I was, I was, I'd come home and I'd have like a whole aluminum party tray size of Big Z just for myself. <laughs> he'd be like, Yo, Jared, That's it's awesome. in the fridge, you know, or it's in the oven, keeping it warm. And I'm like, Holy shit, I got. I got a tray of like candy yams. I got big ziti. Like it's not even Thanksgiving. This is Tuesday. <laughs> you know. Um, so when you get older, you can't. Obviously, you can't. If you're sitting at a, a desk for you know whatever eight to ten hours a day, and then you think just maybe an hour of fitness and eating the same way you've eaten your whole life. Maybe you're eating out all the time. You think you're going to have a change? It's, it's not going to happen. Um, so you know, focus on eating whole foods, uh, getting your sleep. That's something I think. Well, it's something I struggle with, uh, sleeping well, um, and uh, being more mindful, you know. So now I don't go to Chick-fil-A anymore. I found this Asian restaurant. Shout out Cafe Saigon <laughs> off the boulevard, but uh, it's a Vietnamese restaurant, and instead of getting fried chicken sandwiches, you know, when I go out to lunch, I get uh, a chicken and veggie dish with rice, you know. So you have to, if you go into a restaurant, maybe, maybe, you can't, maybe all you have is Chick-fil-A that day, but maybe you're not getting you know, two spicy chicken sandwiches, maybe you're picking a little bit of a healthier option, you're, you're not eating the fries, but uh, <laughs> these are things you kind of have to, like, you have to weigh in everyday life, right? So you can go on these diets that last whatever, a month, but then at the end of the diet, what are you gonna do? Like, you, you know, are you gonna continue to weigh every single meal? Like, you're gonna go on vacation, and uh, you know, you're gonna have to make these decisions on your own, so it's not about just right now, you know, I have a membership to the gym now, I wanna look good in my bathing suit now, you know, everybody wants that quick thing, but if you're gonna work out for a whole lifetime, you gotta learn how to eat for a whole lifetime, you know? It's about building habits, right? And um, I think, you know, that's what we coach people on. And we give them a few habits to, to focus on changing, and um, you know, less, you know, maybe like five things that they can change right now. We'll give it to them one at a time, and they'll, they'll do something like drink a little bit more water, 
Uh, try and get lean protein with every meal. Try and get greens with every meal. Um, you know, go to sleep seven, eight hours a night. Manage your stress. Um, I forget anything, guys. Get your sleep. You said that. Throw in a white flag every once in a while. <laughs> Number six. Drink some rain. Drink some rain. Yeah. yeah. For those who don't know, rain is pre-workout. I just learned this. Yes. It's like it's monster on steroids. So, <laughs> so if you guys just you know. If you want to sponsor a podcast, feel free to reach out. You're trying to wean yourself off of drugs, rain. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was doing heroin. Now I'm just, doing just a couple rains a day. And I'm, I'm and usually that buzzer. sort of told me it, it, it kicks a little harder. Aficionado's <laughs> <laughs> brain over here. Um, all right, let's hit some quick Q&As, rapid fire. Um, number one I got here is, What's an exercise you wish that was never taught and why? Oh, um, the upright row, definitely. Um, I had personal experience with this one too. Uh, well, let me start off. The main reason I don't like the upright row is because it puts the shoulder in shoulder impingement. So that's a very um, vulnerable position for the shoulder to be in, very susceptible to injury. And doing that with a lot of weight, which a lot of meatheads do at LA Fitness or you know, at <laughs> Clovo Gym, wherever you're going. Um, you'll see that Globo Gym. <laughs> From Dodgeball? From Dodgeball. <laughs> see you at Globo Gym. We're better than you. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but just uh, specifically in my example, um, I, started, I threw this in my program in high school. I was doing this with like 135 pounds. So I was using a little legs, wasn't all shoulders. But um, I threw this in my program and baseball season started. And I noticed. I can't really throw as much. I, like, I, was, I was trying to catch, I think it was with Jared. <laughs> we were throwing, and I was like, dude, I have no control over where this ball is going right now. And I'm throwing like 65 miles an hour, I'm like 17 years old. And I was like, this is not good. <laughs> I'm not going to make this team. So, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I realized uh, about a week later, it was time to change up my program. So I took it out accidentally, and I was like, when I started feeling better, I started throwing harder. And I said, definitely if you're a baseball player, stay the hell away from that exercise. I don't program it for anybody anymore. I mean, I think, I think from that day on in high school, I don't think I've done it. I don't think I've asked anybody to do it. Um, I just won't be yeah, on that. I think you know, the, the risk is not worth the reward. No variation of that exercise is really worth it. Um, yeah, when you're building some sick delts, bro, it's not, not worth the, uh, the risk of shoulder injury with that one. Well, for me, I mean, I I hate kipping pull-ups um, more than anything. It's like, again, I'm not one to demonize, you know, foods or exercises or something typically, but the kipping pull-up, if you don't know what it is, it's just YouTube it. I don't even want to take the time to even give it justice. Um, it's basically, you're just flailing from a pull-up bar. Um, with yeah it's a crossfit pull-up if you know it by that name um it just even talking about it annoys me it's just uh, you're flailing there's no motor control there's no you know there's really no discernible muscle contraction even happening you're just kind of flailing like a dead fish and holding onto a pull-up bar like that's kind of the equivalent of i'm sure some crossfit person will slide in and be like oh you don't know what you're talking about but i mean those, I'm not a huge fan of um, ring dips 
that was another CrossFit exercise. And I'm not trying to like shit on CrossFit or anything, but you know, I've watched, I actually watched the CrossFit games most years and some of the way the stuff is programmed is just, it's a lot of high volume and it, it just, you're just looking to get people hurt. Um, uh, it's not a bad exercise. I just want to put that out there. What we're talking, <laughs> if we wish it didn't exist. <laughs> uh, I got two uh, Bulgarian split squats just because, man, I know they're good for you. And I, I need to, personally, I need to do them a lot more. Uh, but, man, are they terrible. <laughs> Front foot elevated reverse lunges. I think yeah. we programmed that yeah. a while ago. I hope they never. Well, I don't want to say, but they never come back. They're another really good exercise. Ty, you want to bring those back? <laughs> no, no. So, G, so Gian, we're running um, DeFranco's um, Strong Bastard nine one one program, and Gian has a great idea to put Zercher front foot elevated split squats into our program. And I'm like, dude, I'm for reps. For those who don't know what a Zercher grip is, it's kind of like if you were to sit a barbell in the crease of your elbow and yep. hold it up with your arms flexed in front of you. It's, it's like a uh, front rack on steroids. Yeah, so imagine a front rack and how shitty that is. <laughs> and then put it on steroids and you get a Zercher carry. Um, so we did that and we're doing it what was it, three or four sets of eight? Yes, I was, it depended on the week. We built up to four sets of eight. Four sets of eight was the last week. That shit was the worst thing I have ever done. Um, but yeah, I mean, I felt, I will say, you know, I felt good afterwards, but it was- Brace this up. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> it was four weeks of hell, so. And then to put a bow on it today, our top sports movies of all time, Marissa, uh, Mistress, Marissa's shaking her head. Yeah, it's so, yeah. <laughs> You've never watched Miracle? What are you, on American? You don't really like bring it on? Donald's telling me to say Airbud. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. That guy's a stud. That dog. That dog's a stud. <laughs> um, I would say my favorite is Hardball. Um, and it's about Keanu Reeves, and he's kind of like a Addicted to uh, gambling. You just ended there. You don't need to explain it anymore. Keanu Reeves. Rest, yeah. rest in peace, G baby. He's, um, yeah, he's, he's addicted to gambling. He ends up training, or no, he ends up coaching a um, an inner city baseball team, and the kids are just hilarious. Um, and rest in peace, G baby. Uh, I don't want to ruin that ending for you, but it's a <laughs> very sad movie, but it's also a great story. Um, yeah, love that. Love baseball. Love G baby. Love hardball come up with my own movie. Oh, yeah? The Blind Side. Oh, really? Or, you know Michael Moore hates that movie, right? That's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <so. laughs> We're not talking about Michael Moore. Yeah. <laughs> screw Michael Moore. It's just about him. Right? <laughs> he doesn't matter. My favorite movie. <laughs> uh, in my mind, there's only one. It's The Replacements. <laughs> if you know me, you know I'm obsessed with Shane Falco. This is another Keanu Reeves movie. Guy just puts out gold. Let's see the pattern here. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter what he's sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just think about it. You got the Matrix. You got Hardball. You got the Replacements. You got John Wick. All three of them. You know how many people he's killed? And all three of them. Anyway, we're going back to the Replacements. What happened to John Wick? Yeah. <laughs>
footsteps Falco from Ohio State. The guy led the Washington Sentinels as a replacement quarterback to the fucking to the playoffs. He was Nick Foles before Nick Foles. Yeah, that's true. Big Dick. Nick. Winners always winners always always want the ball in their hands when the game is all alive. And here's a quote you should you should live your life by, and I have. Pain heals, chick stick scars, glory lasts forever. <laughs> Shane Falco said that. <laughs> well, I don't know how I'm going to follow that up, but um, so I kind of have two. Uh, my one's one's a funny one, one's a more serious one. The, my favorite like serious sports movie is probably Warrior. Um, it's with Tom Hardy, and um, that one's just that one's just great because. There's a whole family dynamic to it. Uh, it's about two brothers that enter a UFC tournament and they kind of face each other in the championship and then I won't ruin the ending for you. But it's a really good movie. I'm also a huge fan of Tom Hardy. Almost as big of a fan as Jared is of Keanu Reeves. But <laughs> Don't say that. Yeah, no, I'm, I said almost. I said almost. Nah. And then my favorite funny um, more silly one is definitely D3 Football's Finest with Andy Dick. If you have not seen the movie, it is bonkers, I and you should watch it. Um, my entire freshman year of college, I think 50% of the words that came out of my mouth were quotations from Division yeah. III. Yeah. Um, it's a great movie. I don't know where the hell you can find it anymore, but I know Ty has a hard copy <laughs> that he got from Amazon, yeah. and we would be willing to give away I got it on digital on yeah. my PS4, and I have a hard copy. So. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the best iTunes review on this podcast will receive a hard copy of Division 3. Wow. Sent to their doorstep. They'll receive five calories. Autographed by calories. No, he's not in the movie. <laughs> he is not in that one, unfortunately. Jared, you cannot leave a comment for this. <laughs> I already did. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you will win a twelve dollar DVD. Um, but yeah, sure. It's very it's it's often overlooked as a sports movie. Bring it on! I think it's one of the best. Talladega Nights. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Blades of Glory. Yeah. Blades of Glory, semi-pro. Those are all. Those are all sports movies. <laughs> Shake and bake, baby. Who said that? Does that make sense? All right. On that note, we're gonna we're gonna finish it up today. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, hopefully, you found this episode helpful. Feel free to contact any one of us on social medias. Um, like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ty, and I'm for G, Marissa, and Jared. You know, thanks for thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Peace.